As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Hi, I'm Bonnie Curry, one of the narrators on the Abide app, a premium ad-free biblical meditation experience. Join the millions of people who download the Abide app to reduce stress, improve sleep, and experience the peace of God every day. You can text the word PEACE to 22433 for a seven-day free trial of Abide. Just text PEACE to 22433, and you'll likely hear from me again on the app as I guide you through daily meditations or help you fall asleep and experience the peace of God. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, my co-host, who you all know and love as the lead NFL writer for Heavy.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we've been waiting for years now. I can't remember exactly. It's been at least three years that I could think off the top of my head the Broncos have gone without a stadium sponsor. Finally, finally. They inked a deal with uh, a company that handles retirement plans, Empower Retirement. So it's going to be called now Empower Stadium at Mile High. Does that roll off the tongue right? It really doesn't. I don't I don't necessarily like this name, but I'm not in the camp that's going to start criticizing the Broncos for getting the stadium sponsor. This was a financial deal. This was about the money and nothing else. It has nothing to do with the on-field product. They don't really care, the Broncos, if fans don't like the name. They don't care if it doesn't roll off the tongue. And I don't really mind either. If they win games, it doesn't matter. You can call the stadium, Sports Authority Field, Mile High, you know, anything you want together. It, but if they win games, it's not going to matter. It, it doesn't. It's not the first choice, I don't think, in fans' minds. It doesn't, you know, it's, it has a red in the logo. It's not very, it's not very flattering to the stadium. But you know, it, it's just a stadium name. At least they have one now. When when fans, when they didn't have one, fans were complaining. Now that they have one, fans are still complaining. So it's always a win-win or a lose-lose in this case. I do like Empower, though. I know it's. I mean, if you think about what the company is, their retirement planning program, so four hundred one ks, I believe, things like that. But the word itself, Empower. You know, that's that's kind of cool. It's strong, you know, if you're not necessarily someone turning on to watch the game that's living in South Carolina or they're in Oakland and they just see, you know, Empower Stadium at Mile High, it kind of has a strong sound to it. It does. I mean, it's at least it has a, an action word associated with it. It's better than a defunct, bankrupt sporting goods company. But it doesn't, you know, that's just my opinion. I mean, it's it's not bad, but I don't get the hoopla about fans not liking the name. It's just a stadium name. It's on the outside of the stadium. What's on the inside of the stadium is what matters. That's right. And that is what the Denver Broncos are trying to improve, that product on the field. And I thought it was interesting each and every week, 
the Broncos video group led there by Phil Milani. They have Elway Access, a little segment where they kind of catch up with John, get his thoughts on the current events. And, of course, here we are on the doorstep of the regular season. And the topic is, you know, hey, you're nine years now into your front office uh, tenure here in Denver. What's it been like? Do you still get nervous? Do you still get anxious or do you at all? And he basically said, to paraphrase him, that he doesn't get – he used to not get anxious at all, but he did acknowledge that with the last two years being as bad as they've been, he's anxious this time. He's feeling some butterflies in his stomach. He wants to see what they have on the field, and he's, he's feeling those butterflies, Zach. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand it. It's it's a it's a crossroads season for Denver, and everyone included from the top to the bottom. Uh, they are, have a new coaching staff, and you think they can buy them some time and, and have a honeymoon season. But after the last couple years, they really don't have that luxury, and they have to start putting a better product on the field or else no one's going to come to Empower Field. Uh, it's, it's really, we don't know yet. We can't make a determination until the games start counting, but all we can, all we can deduce for now is they have a lot of pressure on themselves internally, and it's... It's a change of culture. It's a different feeling in Denver this year. But the the fact still remains that the Broncos have a championship standard with or without Pat Bowen, unfortunately, and they have to live up to it. Indeed, indeed. Well, we got a lot to get to today. First, though, a couple of quick matters of business. You guys make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, especially for new listeners. That is the best way to stay on top of everything that's happening with the show in real time. If you are a listener on Apple Podcasts and you like what you hear, Give us a creative review and a five-star rating. And at the end of the month, that will automatically put you in the drawing where we give away some swag. We'll announce that at the beginning of October like we did for August in September. So get that review in. It's a great way to support the show. And then our YouTube community continues to grow exponentially. Hats off to you guys. Keep the questions coming. Keep the engagement coming. But those of you who are listening that don't subscribe, take care of that. About 30% of you listen to the show but don't subscribe. So hit that button, and if you want, you can hit the notification bell, and then you'll get notified every time we upload a podcast or a video. Fantasy football fans, you got to listen up. Do you want to join the biggest NFL season-long tournament ever? Of course you do. If you love fantasy football, and we know you do, then you need to enter the $3.5 million Best Ball Championship on draft. That's right, $3.5 million in real money. It is absolutely enormous. It's huge. It's season long, but there's no management. You just set it, you forget it. So instead of agonizing over your lineup every single Sunday, draft does the analysis for you, gives you the most efficient Best odds to win your matchup lineup week in and week out. You do a draft, 16 weeks later, you could be a millionaire. Literally, it does not get any easier than that. It's the highest rated fantasy app, and it's available on the App Store and Google Play, or you can just go online to draft.com. For a limited time only, you can get a free entry into the Best Ball Championship when you make your first deposit, but you have to use our promo code HUDDLE. That's right, a free shot at a million dollars just by using our promo code HUDDLE when you make your first deposit on Draft. Also, a phenomenal way to support the Huddle Up podcast. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com and come play free with promo code HUDDLE. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. 
you can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Zach, a couple things I want to touch on that came out of the Broncos media availability on Wednesday. First and foremost was the topic of this, you know, talking about Vic Fangio. He was asked about what it's like to have to prepare for Antonio Brown, and especially when the fact that he didn't, you didn't see him in August, right? He had the helmet thing, he had the foot thing going with the, the frostbite on his feet. So the Broncos, as far as tape, all they really have to go off of is all that time he spent in Pittsburgh and then, of course, trying to figure out what kind of scheme based on what Gruden ran last year. So that, that side of things, they got down. What they don't have is how Brown exactly fits into that. And so here's what Fangio said, quote, It's difficult in that regard. We have no video, nobody does, of him in a Raiders uniform in a game. That's an issue, but he's going to line up in one of those receiver spots, so we're practicing and we're expecting him to be anywhere. Close quote. Now, Zach, later on in the day, Chris Harris Jr. also stood up to the uh, podium to ask some questions or answer some questions and didn't take long. I think three questions in, he was asked about Antonio Brown. Actually, it was right off the top, but the one I'm going to refer to here is he was asked specifically about, you know, do you, are you looking for some revenge, basically, on, on Antonio Brown? He's like, revenge? Oh, you mean from last year when I held him to three catches and, like, you know, whatever, however many yards? And they're like, no, you know, 2015, remember when he had that big game and a couple touchdowns? He's like, no, dude, that was in 2015. Last time we played him, I held him to three catches, and that was last year. So my question to you is, Zach, setting the stage like that for – the Chris Harris Antonio Brown matchup, we don't know yet exactly what kind of availability we're going to see from Bryce Callahan. I assume, based on what I'm hearing, he's going to be ready to go. We don't know. Hopefully, that foot's in decent shape. But what do you expect to see, or how big of a problem do you think Antonio Brown presents this Broncos defense? Well, we've touched on it before. I think a lot of Broncos fans and a lot of people in general kind of write off the Raiders and they think of this joke with Antonio Brown, maybe off the field, but on the field, he's still a very lethal receiver, arguably the best in the entire NFL. Uh, they have a good passing game, a, a pretty solid quarterback in Derek Carr who gets a lot of hate and a coach in John Gruden who has no shyness about airing it out. They're going to be a problem in the sense that the Raiders really have no, you know, what's to give. They really don't care. They're going to air out this Denver defense. It can make Vic Fangio earn his title as this defensive master. One thing the Broncos do, if they don't bracket Antonio Brown, I would have Kareem Jackson on him because he's a safety in that position. You keep him in front of you as opposed to backpedaling. I think that would help the Broncos secondary contain him. You're not going to be able to shut him down completely barring an injury, but you can contain him, not have him kill you over the top. If the Raiders start putting up points and it throws the Broncos off their game and the Broncos were forced to come back from behind, it might be a long night Monday night. Yeah, I mean, last year the Broncos came out of the bye, and if I'm not mistaken, that first game was the Steelers. Either way, it was in that three-game winning streak coming out of the bye, and they did contain him. I wouldn't say they quite shut him down, but three catches, he didn't really make a dent on the game plan of the Broncos emerged victorious. Another thing that Harris spoke to, I think, is actually the real key to stopping the Derek Carr to Antonio Brown connection, and that is stopping the run. Because, check out this quote from Harris on how the team can be successful against Derek Carr. Quote, In the past, it's just been try to stop the run first with them. 
Derek Carr plays very good when he's very comfortable, and they have a great run game going with him. So if we can get him one-dimensional, I think that would be huge for us. Close quote. So translation, boys and girls, is if the Denver Broncos can keep Josh Jacobs you know, in a rut and stop that run and force Derek Carr to hold on to the ball with some zone covers that makes him think, that makes him read the field, I like their chances of slowing down Antonio Brown because I don't even think the Raiders yet know what they have in him. Right. I mean, it's, it is it is week one for them, too, and that has to be taken into consideration. That passing game might not get going until sometime in midseason, if at all. I, I just think for Denver, they cannot get, let this defense and they cannot let the Raiders offense in the end zone and fall back uh, on the scoreboard. And Flacco on the offense is just not built to come back from behind. But if you can just limit what Antonio Brown's damage is and, like you said, Chad, make the running game beat you, I also do like the Broncos chances in this game. It's going to be a great matchup. I'm telling you, though, there's something – now, look, watching this team during hard knocks, so their four preseason games, it was less than impressive. You know, it's, you, there's a lot of drama. They showcased a lot what's going on with Antonio Brown. And even though they added to, to the cupboard, so to speak, with a real solid draft hall, I mean, we can question that first pick of Clellan Farrell, but they brought in some impact players ostensibly. You know, from the outside looking in, without them playing a real NFL snap – Yet, it feels like they've they've restocked the cupboards. Now, who knows exactly how on par that roster is compared to the, the depth of the Broncos' first-team units on both sides of the ball. But I think this, this Raiders team, even if they lose to the Broncos in Week 1, I think they're going to be a stronger outfit this year than they were last year in which they, they finished 4-12. and 12. But here's what I want to remind Broncos fans before we get out over our skis feeling confident. A, this game is on the road. B, the Raiders finished 4-12 and last year. Again, one of those victories came against your Denver Broncos, so they split last year. So they're And they're the last ones to win head-to-head. It was the Broncos won earlier in the season, and then the Raiders won to close out. And remember, that's the game week 16 that Phillip Lindsay injured his wrist. So I'm curious to see how this thing shakes out, but I think it's going to be a tough game. But that defense, you know, I was listening for, to building the Broncos on, on Wednesday. And they did a great job with the scouts eye preview, kind of laying out all the new additions, the lay of the land, what to expect from this 2019 Oakland Raiders squad. And the one of the big takeaways for me is that this defense is questionable, to say the least. Yeah, I kind of get the sense that this is going to be either a wild shootout chat or just a miserable, boring, low-scoring game. There's really going to be no in-between in this particular contest, and anything can really happen on the road on Monday night in primetime. I'm not personally scared, though, by the Oakland defense. That's one unit for sure. If they come together at all with all the new pieces they have, that's going to happen down the road. It's not going to happen now. That defense is definitely um, pliable. You can move the ball against them. You can score on them. And the Broncos are going to have to. They cannot settle for field goals in this game only because of what the Raiders possess on offense and what they can bring to the table with that passing game. Everyone's talking also about that new tight end of theirs, Darren Waller. I did. Uh, I'm in a fantasy league. We're going to talk about the MHH fantasy league that, that Zach is spearheading here in just a few minutes. But I've been in a fantasy league with a bunch of my close buddies, and uh, we had our our auction draft on Tuesday night, and everyone was they were, I mean, high, really high, on Waller. So I'm curious to see whether or not that comes out in the wash. We know that Derek Carr likes throwing to the tight end, and you just look at what. Uh, Jared Cook was able to accomplish that year or two that he was in Oakland. I'm surprised they let him walk. But if they can stop Darren Waller and they can stop the run game and force uh, Derek Carr to be more one-dimensional and 
and try and force some throws into Antonio Brown with Fangio's multiple looks and those zone coverages that force the quarterback. That's the thing is that the the aspect one, one of the big differences, for example, between Vic Fangio and Wade Phillips is Wade Phillips pretty much straight up. They he would run uh, man coverage. The offense knew what was coming, and they would try and scheme around the fact that it was man coverage. Now, the Broncos were so good in coverage with Aqib Tlaib, with Chris Harris, and then also having that that uh, pass rush that more often than not, they were able to dominate. But in this case, with zone coverage, what Fangio is going to roll a lot more than we ever saw under uh, Joe Woods, Vance Joseph, or Wade Phillips, is it's going to force the quarterback to actually read the field for you know, a half, a split second, a second, whatever, before he makes his throw. And Carr's a guy, likes to get rid of the ball ASAP. He tries to get it out of there quick. But I'm curious to see just how much, Zach, Vic Fangio's zone can slow them down. Because we've seen Fangio's first-team defense out there for a few series this summer, but we haven't really seen him show his hand yet. He hasn't dialed up anything gnarly, anything too creative. It's been, as we talk about often, vanilla. So I'm really curious to see Fangio going up against Chucky. Yeah, even uh, Derek Carr in his uh, conference call with Broncos media today, he talked about Waller and he joked that, you know, the Broncos, he's terrible. The Broncos shouldn't cover him. So he kind of showed his hand in a sense, and that's another safety blanket he has in that offense. So if the Broncos can contain Antonio Brown, contain Waller, and really limit uh, the scope of the field for Derek Carr, I do like their chances. I mean, we the Broncos for years have struggled to guard even the worst tight ends. Last year, they were leaving them literally wide open in the middle of the field. I don't think Fangio is going to have that problem this year, but until he shows that it's going to be a consistent um, strength of this defense, we can't assume that any tight end is not going to hurt the Broncos. Here's what Fangio said specifically about Gruden's offense, what makes it successful. He said, quote, he's always had a lot of offense. He runs all the personnel groups. I think John's a guy that never saw a play he didn't like. He goes into a game with a lot of plays and a lot of personnel groups. They always have a good bit of offense to defend. So, close quote, the the Broncos are going to see a lot of different personnel groupings, but you're going to see a lot of the same plays run out of just simply different personnel groupings. And I don't know. I like I like Fangio's odds. I mean, if you go back to when the Rams were in the Super Bowl in January and Wade Phillips was making the Super Bowl rounds and he was asked about Vic Fangio, Phillips said he's the best. He's the best. So if Vic Fangio is indeed the best defensive mind in football today, he should have no problem putting his thumb on this this Raiders offense, even though, of course, that's always easier said than done. I mean, yeah, if it comes down to coaching on paper, I I do like Vic Fangio over John Gruden, but where Gruden beats him is experience, and this is going to be the first regular season game for Vic Fangio. It's going to be a first test of everything for this Denver team, whereas the Raiders already had a year under John Gruden, and they're playing at home. So uh, there's definitely pros and cons to this matchup for Denver. Ultimately, I like their odds, but I can definitely see um, a shootout happening or a defensive battle where they don't come out on top. I think the Raiders have a chance to win this game, but if Fangio brings that medal to the table and he brings his reputation and he makes his his words into action, I like the Broncos. Did you watch any of Hard Knocks this year? I, I did a little bit, the Antonio Brown stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's crazy. And then he tweeted out on Wednesday a copy of the fine letter he received from Mike Mayock, used the word devil to in, in his mm. reaction to it, like... If I'm the Oakland Raiders, man, like, yeah, you can tell how excited John Gruden is and was to get Antonio Brown, but even they probably had underestimated exactly how big of a distraction a guy can – I mean, he's that big of a distraction, and football's not even happening. They're just practicing. He's that big of a distraction. So that's going to be an enormous 
task, an enormous burden for this team to try and keep him flying under the radar, not distracting the team, not bringing up too, bringing in too much outside scrutiny and questions that basically force the Raiders and the players in questions with the media and whatnot to take their eye off the ball. And I think that's going to be one of the, the big storylines because, I mean, hands down, Antonio Brown, one of the best wide receivers in the game. You can even argue one of the best all time. He's that good. He is that good. But the man, Zach, is, a, I mean, he's a loopy dude. Yeah, he is. And this is what happens, though, when you have a draft analyst, a really good one, a Mike Mayock, but a draft analyst as GM and not a football guy, a true football guy, you know, who's been around the business in this role a little longer. All the other football guys around the NFL who had experience pass on Antonio Brown, Mike Mayock, jumped at the opportunity. I understand it. You want to build that offense. You want to get Derek Carr a weapon. But I do wonder, like you were hinting at, if there's some buyer remorse there. All right, we still got a lot to get to today. We're going to grab a couple of questions because there's so many this week in the Mile High Mailbag. But first, you guys, a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Listen up, you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Guys, it's a fact. Refinancing your credit card balances can lower your interest rate and save you money. And you don't have to be a financial expert to do it. Right now, you can get a credit card consolidation loan from our friends over at Lightstream with a rate as low as 5.95% APR with AutoPay. That's lower than the average credit card interest rate, over 19% APR. And that means that you could literally save thousands of dollars in interest. Get a loan from $5,000 up to $100,000. And there are absolutely no fees, no application fees, no origination fees, no transaction fees, no prepayment penalties. You can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Consumer debt is a major plague upon our American society. Millions of families suffer from it. Let Lightstream help relieve that burden. Just for our listeners, apply now to get a special interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash huddle up. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash huddle up. Subject to credit approval, rate includes 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash huddle up for more information. All right, Zach, it is that time of the week where we take a peek inside the Mile High Mailbag because we are your football priests. And each and every week, we're here to offer you the absolution and the answers to your Burning Broncos questions. And even though it's not Friday, you're not listening to this on Friday, again, there's so many questions in this week's bag that 
I felt like we better dissect them and get a couple uh, a couple episodes in on this one. So first thing, and let's address this out of the gate so those who are already locked in know what to expect. Make sure everyone's on the same page. But this one comes from Stu Primakov on YouTube. He says, I can't wait for the fantasy football league you guys have in store. When is it? I feel sad that I don't have a community of people that I can play fantasy football with, and I would love for this to be it. Would make me very happy. Now, before we get to the second part of his question, I don't know. This was this was posted 19 hours ago when we're recording this. By the time you guys hear it, it'll be a couple of days before probably. But do you recognize Stu as a guy who contacted you about wanting in on this league? I'm looking over the uh, the accepted owners in the league right now. We have a few spots still open. I, I don't think he was one of them. And I feel bad because he might have been the guy who was uh, initially asked us about the fantasy league. I tried to I put it out there a couple times on Twitter. I tried to get everyone uh, together and who was interested, and I, I sent invites out. Uh, my apologies, Stu, if you did slip through, but the league is still open, Chad. I'm, I'm just waiting on a couple more spots to be filled before tomorrow's draft. All right, so, Stu, here's the key. All right, if you're listening to this, the draft is Thursday, all right? It's going to be at 1 p.m. Mountain Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. If, as Zach said, there's a couple spots if you want in on that, Stu, you need to contact Zach on Twitter post-haste, like ASAP. As soon as you yep. hear this on Thursday morning, you need to contact him if you want to get in on that. Now, let's get to – and everybody else, you know, most of you who are involved in this, you've already received the invites. You're in the league. If not, check your emails and whatnot because Zach sent them out. So the second part of Stu's question here, he says – in terms of the Broncos, I don't understand why they would put Drew Locke on injured reserve for the year. If the goal of having a backup quarterback is to win games when the starter goes out, doesn't it seem that Drew Locke would give the Broncos the best shot? People talk like either a, like either Joe Flacco will be healthy for the entire season or injured for the whole year. If an injury were to happen, when in reality it is possible to miss three or four games, in which case Locke could keep the Broncos rolling. It's not like Brandon Allen is a proven veteran that brings anything to the table that Drew Locke does not. Any thoughts on why they are taking this approach? Zach, we uh, hashed this out pretty in-depth on the last podcast, but the only thing that really makes any sense to me is that the Broncos, again, it's, it's that paradigm that they haven't seemed to have quite shifted from yet. They do in some senses, like if you look at the fact that they drafted him, they are thinking of the future, but it still feels like, and we'll only know this if he ends up staying on IR, but that they're prioritizing the short term at the cost of possibly setting this team up for the long term. Bottom line though, Zach, I think the biggest motivating factor here is how long it takes him to get healthy with that thumb in reality. Elway said a couple days ago, six to eight more weeks. If he's close, maybe they bring him back. When If he's good to go come week eight, maybe they bring him back. But the reason why he's going on IR and the reason why Zach and I are feeling like he's probably going to stay there is because Elway wants that, that roster spot. He wants it to go somewhere where it's going to make an impact. And I don't disagree with him, Zach, with Stu's premise here, that if you're looking for a guy to, even if it's a, as a spot starter, come in three, four games – does Drew Locke, in your mind, do you think he would present more upside, better chance to win for the Denver Broncos in 2019 if, if Flacco goes out just a couple games than Brandon Allen? Or, or what are your thoughts there? I just think you can't assume that you're going to lose Flacco this season. If he goes down, your season's over. They're putting all their eggs in his basket. So you can't operate under the assumption that they're going to make spot starts this season. If 
in the best case scenario, Brandon Allen does not see the field if not for just kneel downs or whatever. I mean, Drew Locke, the injury, it sounds like the it was a lot worse than just a bad sprain. It was to his throwing hand, his throwing thumb. They don't want to risk a anything long-term. They don't want to hinder his development at all. And Elway knows that we talked about in the last pod. He knows he has to get this one right. He has to kind of baby this one and treat it with kid gloves because he's failed so many times. Drew Locke is a guy for 2020 and beyond. I hate to say it, but... Uh, other than his development and his reps, 2019 was always going to be a redshirt year in a sense. It's 2020 and beyond. That's the goal. And if they want to use this year to get him ready, if they think the doctors aren't confident in him healing up or if it could be uh, a setback, they have to do what's necessary. You know, this is an issue that, unfortunately, because he suffered that injury, that we basically can't really analyze any further until we get to the decision point midseason. And if the Broncos are in a good position, you know, in the win-loss column, it's probably a non-issue. He probably stays. He probably ends up just red-shirting, getting completely healthy. If they're in doubt, if they're hovering close to 500, or if they're sub-500, I think you'll see John Elway bring him back. Or at least that's probably his best-case scenario for coming back. But I don't get it either, Zach, because one last thing I want to say here is you spend all this time in the summer, all this time, investing in a Drew Locke versus Hogan battle for the backup job. Either Drew Locke completely did not impress them and they feel like, oh, you know what, if Joe Flacco goes down, or they really are just more focused on keeping that that roster spot contributing because they don't expect Joe Flacco to have any availability issues. And like you said, I think you're right. I mean, teams, they prepare for the worst you have to, hence Brandon Allen, but they're planning – they're going with plan A to use something Joe, uh, John Elway excuse me, said years ago in, reg- in regard to Peyton Manning. What are you going to do with the backup? What's your plan B? We're not worried about plan B. We're going with plan A. And right now that plan A is Joe Flacco. Yeah, and that, it was always a plan A. I mean this is a 34-year-old guy who was dumped by Baltimore, and Elway said he's entering his prime right now. He was always the guy. He was the understood quarterback, to, to put it in a way that Flacco put it. Drew Locke wasn't going to factor into the competition. He was never going to see the field. We talked about it since the day he was drafted, Chad. He was never going to see the field if not for injury or just Flacco the wheels coming off completely. And if that happens, then I'm sure Broncos fans will want to see Brandon Allen in the game. The backup quarterback is always the most popular player regardless. A couple years ago it was Paxton Lynch, then it was Chad Kelly, and now it was Drew Locke. It's just it's the way it happens. And soon enough, if Flacco bombs, it'll be Brandon Allen's turn. Last question on this topic I want to throw your way. Let's say the Broncos, one of two scenarios happen, okay? Either Flacco gets hurt in the first half of the season or the Broncos are just really struggling. Week 8 rolls around. There's no getting around. The the timetable is over. You can't hide if Drew Locke's healthy. Would you want the Broncos to bring him back and put him in this season, you know, down the stretch, final half of the season, or even have him ready to go final quarter? Or do you think... Are you of the opinion, possibly, that it'd be better to stave him off from that experience, keep him on ice till next year? Uh, so many variables uh, at play there. If Flacco is, is struggling badly or if he gets injured and if, if Locke – it really comes down to Locke's health for me. If that throwing hand is fully heal, healed, he has no complications, and the team doctors don't think there could be any sort of setback or re-aggravation – I would have no problem getting him out there, getting him some some starts if this season's a lost cause or whatever circumstance happens. But if there's any doubt, if there's any lingering injury, any lingering pain or any lingering chance of it being an Andrew Luck situation, I would take all precautions with Luck and just mothball him until 2020. Two things I'll just say on this and then we'll turn the page to the next question is that 
I'm of the opinion in either of those scenarios, the Broncos are struggling or Flacco goes down, week eight rolls around. I'm of the opinion you activate this dude and maybe you don't throw him in right away. You let Brandon Allen take a few more bullets for a couple weeks, get lock up to speed with practice, get him rolling, and then at least you put him in for the final quarter of the season. If you really are hoping for a spark and there's still a chance, like perhaps maybe Flacco goes down and the Broncos are hovering right there, Brandon Allen's allowed him to continue to hover maybe slightly. Drew Locke, I think, is your best chance of sparking that. And I think he needs those reps. I think that experience is what helps to forge you know, it, it, the, the, these quarterbacks either have between the ears, they have the moxie, they have the alpha mentality where they can handle the pressure or they don't. If they can't, they weren't meant to be anyway. And so this whole idea of protecting them from exposure to NFL defenses, look, you tried that with Paxton Lynch, it didn't work out. Now the flip side of that coin is this. I do think Joe Flacco is going to surprise people this year. I really do. Like he's a guy who suffered an injury last year. That's how we lost his starting job. He could be one of these comeback player of the year caliber guys. I honestly believe that. Now, I'm not necessarily saying he's going to go out and put up the Star Wars numbers from Peyton Manning. I'm not saying that at all, in fact. But I think if you get this team, if the Broncos are winning ball games and Flacco is at least playing efficient, he's going to be a candidate for that come you know the end of the year, come December, when these conversations for the awards start happening. So for now, you guys, I would follow suit with what John Elway's doing and just go all in emotionally on Joe Flacco. The fate of this season, unfortunately at this stage, and I shouldn't say unfortunately, but it's the way it is. It doesn't rest on the on the shoulders of Drew Locke. It rests on Joe Flacco. All right, let's turn the page, Zach, and uh, here's one from Check Yourself. He says, what's up, y'all? Big question. Suppose we do not make the playoffs and finish as one of the last teams in the NFL. Who do you think will be the top three main targets heading into the draft and why? Hmm. Well, let's look at it this way, Zach, and then I'll serve this over to you. If the Broncos completely miss the playoffs, they're one of the three worst teams in the NFL, position-wise, I think that if that's what ends up happening, odds are your left tackle completely crapped the bed. Joe Flacco Mm -hmm. got the crap beat out of him all year long. I would think that left tackle, if that's what happens, the team finishes that badly, left tackle's got to be up there in terms of a top priority in the draft. Yeah, left tackle for sure. That's the popular sentiment right now considering how bad Garrett Bowles has looked, or I should say inconsistent. Uh, If he has another down season, I could definitely see Mike Munchak investing a high-round pick and kind of fortifying the trenches. Finally, they hit on Reisner. They just might have failed on Bowles. Uh, You might see an inside linebacker being taken high next year. You might see another defensive end if they lose uh, Wolf or Gotsis. You might see another corner or a safety. They can go in in different ways here. It's just so hard to tell considering the season hasn't even started. We're just diagnosing this year's draft class to project forward. We will know more midseason when the the picture comes in a more focus of what the Broncos will look like and where their needs kind of sit for next year. Very creative question, but I would agree it's a little early for that. However... If you're really focused on 2020 draft and you're into that, look for some content that's coming down the pike this week at milehighhuddle.com. Eric Trickle's already begun to scout the 2020 draft class, and he's already got an article out on 15 um, prospects to monitor in the 2019 college season to see how it shapes uh, 2020 in terms of fitting with the Broncos possibly. Go check that article. It's already up at milehighhuddle.com. Click on the draft tab. But he's also got one that's coming out here shortly where he lists his top five prospects at each position going into 2020 draft. And so for me, I mean, just looking at his list, the top guy, and I know this this will make uh, Nick Kendall extremely happy, would have to be Tristan Wirfs. If the Broncos indeed are one of the bottom teams in the NFL, 
and they're looking to upgrade tackle, and they have no intention of picking up Garrett Bowles' uh, fifth-year option, and they know they got to turn the page. That Iowa left tackle, Zach, is something to behold. That dude is a beast. So let's turn the page here. From uh, JL Avenger 23 he says, Hi, guys. Greetings from Paradise, Costa Rica. I'm glad the Broncos did not choose Brian Hoyer as a backup QB. I saw footage from Brandon Allen at Arkansas. He has a good arm and accuracy from what I saw. Can it be possible that he stays as the QBT, uh, QB2 for the season at least? He has potential for me, and in that case, would Drew Locke be redshirted? Is that possible? He must develop and grow on the NFL gameplay. It is time he needs and learning the NFL, NFL style. He needs time in the system. He is the future of Denver, I know, and I trust in that. Thank you for all your work. Keep the goods coming. A mile-high salute from 506. Salute right back to you. We kind of already touched on this, but I think it's pretty safe to say, well, two things. Safe to say that the plan right now, I think, is that Brandon Allen is the QB2 for the season unless events force Drew Locke back onto the field. But here's what I'll say. Brandon Allen was a quarterback I liked a lot coming out of Arkansas in 2016. You know, Mile High Huddle has always done a lot of – we've hung our hat basically – on providing Broncos country the best draft coverage in the realm. And one of the guys that Eric Trickle, uh, it was before Nick Kendall's time, but Eric Trickle doing his Finding Broncos series, he talked a lot back then about Brandon Allen, and it was enough for me to turn on the, the his highlights and some of his tape and break him down and look at him. He's a talented young guy. He's never quite gotten his shot, but he's, he's underrated. There's a reason the Broncos like him. And, Zach, one thing that would make me encouraged if something does happen to Flacco and they have to turn to Brandon Allen while Drew Locke is still on IR is that he will be working with Rich Scangarello. And what we've seen, at least in recent history, for Rich Scangarello is he has a way of, of working magic with kind of unheralded guys that have flown under the radar that are backups who can step into the breach. Yeah, you nailed it, Chad. I was going to say that, in a sense, Brandon Allen kind of reminds me of C.J. Beathard, who Scangarello coached in San Francisco. And the plan, I would think, and reading between the lines like we talked about with Elway, uh, is to keep Allen as the number two for the duration of the year. And I'm fine with that because, as we just said, you're all in on Joe Flacco. You think he's the franchise guy for this season, so the backup doesn't even matter. I also agree that I, I'm happy they didn't sign Hoyer. We talked about that. Uh, that had no upside, that move, and it just would have been another waste of reps for a young quarterback. Allen has good size. I, I believe he's 6'4". He's a, a very mechanically sound quarterback. He just doesn't have great arm talent, but certainly a good project for Scangarello and uh, another um, upside quarterback in Denver, and you can never have too many after the last couple of years, Chad. You hit on it. In fact, on Wednesday, you guys got to go check this out. Trickle published a film breakdown of the game that really put Allen on the map for the Broncos, and that was Denver's fourth preseason game just this last month against the L.A. Rams. And Trickle breaks down basically the three most impressive plays from from Allen's performance that night. And one thing that one of the takeaways is his technique, his footwork, surprisingly polished. And when I say surprisingly, I just mean for a player who hasn't seen one live NFL rep yet, it's all been preseason and training camp, he was operating at a surprisingly high level from a technical perspective and an accuracy perspective. And he's got just enough arm to, to get the job done. And, you know, think back to that 51-yard strike. I think it was the second play from scrimmage for the Rams that night in which he just put the ball 51 yards down the field right in the breadbasket. 
you know, over the top of two defenders. And, of course, Sua Cravens took a horrible angle, but it was a beautiful ball. So go check out that article at milehighhuddle.com. But, you guys, that's going to do it for today. We're going to get to everybody else's questions tomorrow on the official Mile High Mailbag episode, so stay tuned for that. A reminder, if you want in, there's those last two possibilities, first come, first serve on the Fantasy Football League. you got to hit up Zach on Twitter, at Kellerman NFL. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. Stay tuned because we'll be back in the saddle tomorrow for that episode. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you then. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.